Welcome back to the Galaxy's Greatest Podcast on the two great 90s space station shows, Babylon 5 versus DS9. Usually we compare an episode of the two, but today we're talking about the possibility, the prospect, the imminent reality, hopefully, of the uh, CW reboot of Babylon 5. We're only going to be talking about things from a little past the first couple of episodes of season two, so there won't be any spoilers for anything, correct, Bob? Uh, well, I'll I'll tease you on things, but I I wouldn't be so vulgar as to outright say a spoiler. Okay, so so don't yeah don't don't ruin the original show by saying you want something different in this new show that I haven't seen yet. Makes sense. <laughs> mm, I'll yeah. tease. Okay, all right. So this is uh Bob from Cascadia. I got Matt from the Southland on the line. How you doing tonight, Matt? I'm doing all right. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of excited about this, knowing that I've watched season one and a, a good part of season two of the original so far. So hopefully we're going to see some cool stuff out of this new thing coming out. Even though when they announced that it was on the CW, wasn't quite sure how I felt about that. But, I mean, they've done a great job with the DC shows. I, uh, has, have they done a great job? Well, I mean, it's not a, it's better than what I think other networks would have done. I mean, look at look at some of the other superhero shows that were on like NBC, and uh, I think there was one on Fox at one point. Like they're just not as. Are good. you thinking like Heroes and my like my superhero dad or whatever? That yeah, was. yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, they, they sucked. I mean, let's just put it that way. So the CW has actually created its own kind of DC universe that's now going to be connected to the bigger DC extended universe. So they, they know what they're doing. A lot of times when people think of CW shows, they think of Riverdale as the primary show they think of. and like Yeah, it's like the Archie, re, the Archie reboot or like the sexy Archie as a soap opera, which I hear is fun, but I have not watched any of. Yeah, or they also think of like teen dramas and things like that just in general. But I, yeah. I, I, I think they're moving away from that now since they kind of hit, hit a gold mine with this uh, CW DC stuff. I mean, I would say, I wouldn't say that the CWDC shows are only teen dramas, but I think it's fair to say that, like, teen drama is still very strong in their DNA. Yeah, they still have some of the same kind of plot lines, especially with this re- the most recent uh, Superman and Lois show, where they had to bring in their kids. Yeah, yeah, but you're saying you are you are enjoying that show. I, I was thinking about watching it, but honestly just haven't gotten around to it. It's okay. I mean, it's nothing like, it's nothing great, but if yeah. you can get past like the whole angsty piece with the teenagers, you're good to go. I mean, yeah, honestly, there's a more specific reason I haven't watched it, but I'm not willing to disclose that publicly. <laughs> so it, it uh, reminds me of kind of like, I may get over it. I mean, you remember Lois and Clark on ABC, like yeah, you know, very back fondly. in the nineties. Okay. I w- if, if you, if they, if that continued and then they had kids, you can kind of see a, a, a continuation there with that. No, that's that's good. And the guy playing Superman, I want to say his name is Tyler Hackford. Mm-hmm. He he was very good on Supergirl. They they used him very sparingly in the second season, and I've only seen the first three seasons of Supergirl. But he was very good. I don't know. Like I I like Supergirl a lot, but it was honestly just kind of a lot. Like after a while, I I enjoyed it, but then after a while, I just couldn't keep going with it. It it also didn't help that like. They teased the Legion of Superheroes, which are my favorite uh, superhero team, but they just didn't fully commit to it. To the extent they did use them, it wasn't that great. 
so that that didn't really like uh, spice up my enjoyment any. Yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to cover, but I mean, they know what they're doing because they're trying to build this huge TV multiverse type thing that's going to connect. And I think I think it's really cool what they're doing. I mean, it may not be the best execution, but it's still pretty cool. Um, now with Babylon Five, on the other hand, I'm really hoping they have the budget to create something that's going to be uh, comparable. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I'm not so worried about the budget, but I will say just in general that like the fact that CW normally has, you know, their shows do, you know, something like 20 to 26. I'm not sure exactly how many episodes, but somewhere in the, you know, the, the ballpark of a full network season, 20 to 26 episodes a year. I, I think that's honestly probably maybe a little more than Babylon 5 needs, especially in the kind of experience of rewatching season one and then being in, you know, the sort of couple of the slower points of season two in our coverage. Um, it does, the show does tighten up after that and uses its full seasons pretty well, I would say. Still, that's a, that's a lot of episodes. And, you know, when you have that many episodes, I think it has some dilution effect on the budget. Although, you know, maybe, maybe in some sense you still get more for doing more episodes. I'm a little worried about it. Like, I, obviously, I think the people who are outright panicking uh, online are insane, and they should like calm down, go outside, take a walk, maybe get on medication. Yeah. But I, I can sort of see where they're coming from. You know, CW hasn't produced anything that I would call a quote unquote adult show. They've all been teen shows. They've all been um, very long length. They've all not been super well done on the uh, on the special effects department. I mean. Again, Supergirl has a lot of virtues, and I'm, I'm not here to crap on it, but, you know, not the best special effects. <laughs> so I think it, it kind of makes sense to be a little meh on the CW just as a branding issue. Yeah, and the thing, too, is the CW doesn't really hire actors that are known for much of anything other than being on CW shows. Yeah. So, like, like Stephen Amell is the example. I think he's, uh, he's Green Arrow. He's only Green known Arrow for being point, Green yeah. Arrow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, that's about it. For men, they just tend to get, like, Australian and Canadian beefcakes, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that that honestly doesn't bother me as much, because, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel bad about crapping on Babylon 5 fans so much this episode. But the other major discourse I see online, uh, especially on Facebook, is just, like, all this, like, ridiculous fantasy casting of, like, big names for Babylon 5 and it's yeah. just like you're you're you were never going to get that did you forget what the original show was like you got a lot of good character actors from television on the original show but you did not you know like you're not going to get a big name on on I think any iteration of the show to be honest yeah if anything you're just going to get other CW actors on the show <laughs> like that have already appeared on CW shows like you're it's it's going to be a lot of no names which i mean is a good thing cuz it gives yeah, more yeah. it gives people a, a platform to kind of take off from uh one thing i don't want to ask you about other networks okay let's pretend like for a minute they put this on sci-fi would anybody watch it the sci-fi network here in the US i mean didn't the expanse start on sci-fi maybe I just don't it, know if people it like... It certainly had a long afterlife. I, I want to read those novels before I watch the show, so I haven't read or seen any of it, but I know it, it got picked up by Prime now, and I think it's still 
going pretty healthy. I mean, I think the ideal, though, wouldn't be a network. It, well, and also networks don't even matter as much these days, but it would just be like a streaming platform. And so I think a lot, a lot of people are a little mystified because HBO Max has the streaming rights for the original in the States. And so it would seem like a natural fit to do the new one on HBO Max. But, you know, for whatever reasons, that, that hasn't happened. See, that, that was my original thought. I was thinking maybe if they would have done an HBO Max exclusive type thing, that would have been awesome. Because they have the money, they've got, they can get the names in. If they, if you wanted big name actors to play some of the roles, uh, but yeah. I mean, it, it, it is what it is and I'm, I'm okay with it at this point. CW is good for me. I think I enjoy HBO max programming more than I enjoy CW programming. You know, we've, we've been very lightly covering the Titans, which is trash, but fun trash. And I, I'm a real big fan of their raised by wolves, uh, show, which has, uh, had it season one. And I think season two is coming and then. They've got a season four of Young Justice starting uh, this month, which I'm very excited for. So I would say on, on the whole, I'm a bigger fan of like the type of shows that HBO Max can put together than uh, I am of the CW. I had a funny experience where I was being interviewed by a student the other morning, and they asked me why I chose to teach where I, where I taught, and I just kind of had to hilariously answer like, look, they, they hired me. And then the student asked, like, oh, well, why do you teach on the schedule you teach? And why do you teach the type of assignments you teach? And it's like, because that's how they scheduled the class. And those are the assignments that they require for the class. And JMS's answer on Twitter about why the CW has been kind of similar to that. It's just like, look, the CW was interested. Nobody else was. Yeah. So that's that's who we went with. Yeah. I think it'll get more exposure probably on the CW uh, as far as you know, being on a network television channel. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that is the way to like rake in the younger fans. Cause I mean, I know discovery and Picard and lower decks seem to do well by whatever metrics Paramount puts down. But I, I, you know, you're always kind of curious, like how much are they grabbing in new fans versus how much are they just, you know, satisfying the cravings of, people who would just watch Voyager for the 300th time on net on Netflix. If the, if the new star Trek didn't exist, if lower decks wasn't released on a uh, paramount and the new episodes of discovery and the new, all the new star Trek shows, I would totally just like cut paramount. <laughs> oh yeah. It's the, it's the star Trek delivery system. It, it, uh, yeah, even though I like the good wife, uh, it has no other purpose other than being yeah. like the Star Trek and the Twilight Zone delivery system. Yeah, it like legit bothers me that like Star Trek is on every other streaming service. All the other, I guess, because they signed contracts to like have that for so long. But although I think that's starting to starting to end, like I think they, I think a lot of it already came off um, Netflix in the states. Yeah, the corporate greed part of me is like, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like you want your what? Do you, what even is Paramount Plus? Is it ten bucks a month? Yeah, I want to justify my purchase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's 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 good. So I did kind of want to ask, and again, I I, I feel bad that we're I'm kind of starting this out on a little more of a downer note. But would you have preferred this to be a reboot, or would you have preferred it to have been a sequel or a spinoff series? Like you know, Babylon Five does have depending on how you count two or three failed spinoff series, there was the crusade. And then there was the legend of the Rangers, which 
I thought had potential despite its awful name. It never made it past the pilot stage. And then there was an idea for an anthology show that only got its first two episodes out called The Lost Tales. So would you have preferred like to revive one of those or to have done some other sort of sequel? Or are you content with it being a reboot? I'm content with it being a reboot, honestly, because I don't think that, that Babylon 5 has the same following that a lot of these other shows that are out there that have done you know similar things with spinoffs. Um, or future spinoffs, I guess, or continuation sequels, whatever. Like, I just don't think it has the same fan base that's needed to propel that to be for the show to actually be successful. I haven't watched everything, so like, I I don't really know what happens at the you know at the end, the last season. I'm I'm thinking a reboot probably also would would bring in newer fans. I had a hard time at first just getting past the the crappy CGI and the look of the show. Yeah, even though it was cutting edge uh, in the yeah, 90s. At, at the time, right. Yeah. So anybody going back and watching it is just going to think it looks like, you know, it's it's cheesy 90s stuff. Star Trek wasn't that way. I feel like with DS9, you didn't see that as much, I guess, because they used actual live, like they used models and things like that for their, it's almost like they knew that this would be kind of timeless in a sense. Or it may just be my nostalgia goggles. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 my theory there, which might be wrong, I don't feel super confident, but my theory is that DS9 probably had the budget to do models because it was the third incarnation of a relatively popular franchise that had made movies. Whereas Babylon 5, being an original property, had a lot more challenges. And so I think we've said this on this show before, but the, the, the CGI, on the one hand, I don't think they knew how poorly it would age. And on the other hand, I think it was very much a way the more economical choice than models. And so I think that's kind of why they went the way they went with it. But you're not getting a lot of new fans from watching old school Babylon Five. You're getting people that have watched it before going back. I, and I don't. Watching it. I don't know about that. I mean, it would depend on what the metrics of it being up on HBO Max are. You know. Yeah. Because certainly, like old Star Trek and old Doctor Who do gangbusters on streaming, or so I'm told. But once again, Doctor Who is, is still going. Yeah, that's that's true. So that's you have true. people that are going back and watching it. But like even even before like Discovery uh, kicked off the new Renaissance, like Star Trek. I granted Babylon Five is not Star Trek, but Star Trek was the most uh, streamed thing on Netflix, I think. And I granted a lot. One of the reasons this isn't the only reason, but one of the reasons Babylon Five never had the chance to develop the following that Star Trek did is that it never had a streaming home until the past couple of years. I think when it showed up on Prime, and maybe that was 2019, like that was the first time, to my knowledge, it had ever been on any streaming. And so it. I think JMS in the past had expressed uh, some frustration with this, and I think justly so, that however the rights were tied up made it very difficult to stream Babylon 5, and in doing so, it kind of prevented it from developing the fan base that, you know, if it had been streaming for the last five to ten years, we might be in a very different world where there was a fan base uh, sophisticated enough um, or, you know, invest sophisticated is the wrong word, invested enough in order to want a sequel or a spinoff rather than a, rather than a reboot. I mean, that, that makes sense. One thing I do not want to happen, though, is for them to do like they did with Trek and create a Kelvin universe. Oh, God. <laughs> like, try to have, like, somehow bring in both. I know there's time travel type stuff and dimensional things going on in the, already in season one and in season one. So I'm like, I don't want to see like something weird well, like that. Can happen. I say the one nice thing I, I will ever say about the Kelvin universe? What? 
I appreciate that it didn't just like wipe out old Trek, but that it created like a sort of new dimension, kind of like the ultimate universe in Marvel so that you could still both have the old universe and the new universe. And I, even though I despise Kelvin Trek with every fiber of my being, I don't think it's really Star Trek. I think it's really, really bad Star Wars ripoffs. I think that I think those three movies are worse than uh, the Star Wars prequels. I think they're worse than the recent Star Wars trilogy that a lot of people seem to hate. I just think they're Damn. awful movies. The, but that said, I, I do appreciate that they at least did consciously put themselves up as like a second dimension rather than like replacing the original, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. And I mean, but they do cross over. That's what I'm saying. So that's the part that yeah. I don't want to happen with this. I yeah, don't want I, I just Claudia Christensen showing up on this show. Like, <laughs> well, I wanted to show up on the show, like as an, as a different character. And I mean, this has been, this has been thrown around a lot, uh, online of like, have her play, like, one of the generals who's like important, not that important, but somewhat important later in the show. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's all right. Maybe I just, I just don't want Ivanova to like Ivanova from other dimensions future to show up. One other thing that kind of, this is a little off the topic for the reboot, but it just kind of stru struck me as funny. Um, we, sh I should have talked about this in our intro episode, low those many months ago, like when we first started this project, but I recall that one of the things that kind of cemented uh, Babylon 5 in my mind well before I ever really started watching it was uh, on Breaking Bad, Jesse's druggy friends, like they talked a lot about Star Trek and they talked a lot about Babylon 5. And oh. so that was one of the things that kind of, you know, prodded the nerve and got me interested in watching it. I did not know that. Okay. Well, when I, when I say a lot, the characters weren't on it a lot. Yeah, they weren't right. on that show a lot, but okay, frequently when they were there, they would be talking about some sort of science fiction or when you were in their uh, homes, you would oftentimes like see their DVD shelves, stuff like that. All right. So we're, we're okay with a reboot. Are you good with it or? Uh, honestly, I really like the show Crusade, which is the first spinoff and it really kind of got undercut and kind of rebooting it honestly because it only it didn't even make it a full season rebooting it i would have been my preference okay um but you know i can i can recognize the point about new fans and you know like it's one thing for me to spin off this alternative scenario if babylon 5 had been easily available for streaming for the past five to ten years but we don't live in that world so you know i i, I can live with the reboot i'll certainly i'll certainly watch it and i'm not despite my negativity i'm you know, I expect I'll enjoy it. I'm not going in trying to hate it. So, yeah, you know, I can live with it. I, I would have preferred, like, a reboot of Crusade, though, if, if anybody had bothered to consult me. <laughs> so, when, uh, when JMS uh, wrote the original, it was a five-season arc, okay? Yep. He had his whole story planned out. With shows the way they are now, do you think five seasons is stretching it? If they Or does he need to just plan on just doing one season with a fantastic story and then hoping they pick up for season two. Um, I think JMS probably has contingency plans. He was kind of famous for having those on the original of like, cause there was a lot of like churn and burn in terms of the actors and the cast. And so he kind of like famously had like exits for each of the characters where he could write them out and replace them with an equivalent. Um, so I, I you know, like I, there are other ways we'll get to in which I have my doubts about JMS, but 
He strikes me as a man who adapts to circumstances pretty well. Would you be interested in them doing like both Sheridan or Sinclair, or do you think they should just uh, they should just pick one and forget the other exist? I don't think they should forget Sinclair exists, but I think they should just go ahead with Sheridan at the beginning, and then if they need to, maybe like talk about there being someone who was in charge before Sheridan or something like that, and refer or have Sinclair show up as like the Membari ambassador, or like be noted as a former commander. Something like that. Uh, or they could, I mean, they may even combine Sheridan's, uh, or Sinclair and Sheridan's, like, origins in a way and make it more like a, yeah. a singular character. You know, the more I think about it, that probably makes more sense. Putting, had just kind of combining their, at least for season one. Now, I don't know, I don't know how, like, how big a part Sinclair plays later on. You know, I'm, I'm a couple of episodes into season two, and I know Sinclair does show up again. You know, in like, you know, message form, not really, you know, person, but um, yeah, maybe they could combine like what he originally wanted to do with Sinclair and whatever happens to Sheridan and just make it one singular character. I don't really think you could, but I, I think they're, yeah, I do think it makes sense to plan on having a coherent lead. I don't think, yeah, you would want to plan on getting rid of your lead like one season in just to replicate the experience of what came before. Cause it's from what's been said, it, it sounds like they are just going to go with Sheridan from the jump. Yeah. And I, that makes sense since he ends up staying for you know four seasons of the original. He's yeah. The, he's the lead. Although in a, in a, in a interesting sense, like, I mean, it, it's definitely a possibility that could just call the character Sheridan and do more of what JMS intended with Sinclair. On the other hand, it, given that the fact that like kind of retroactively Sheridan has come to define Babylon five more than Sinclair, it would be, it is kind of interesting to think of the show as being like the Sheridan show from the jump rather than the, rather than the Sinclair show that then pivots. Yeah. Oh, and just to clarify, when you say, uh, uh, the Minbari ambassador, you mean the earth ambassador to Minbar? Yes. That's okay. what I meant. Okay. <laughs> just, just to clarify. Um, so, JMS has like made explicit references to the Westworld and the Battlestar Galactica reboots, um, both of which are quite a bit darker than the original. Between that and you know the fact that generally we were just in a much worse situation in the early 2020s than we were in the 90s, politically, ecologically, uh, psychically, um, do you expect the show will be much darker? And just kind of what do you think of those uh, comparisons of to prior sci-fi reboots? Yeah, it's going to be way darker. I can tell you that right now. Especially, I mean, look what they do with Archie. I mean, come on, like, <laughs> gonna, it's gonna be dark. There's gonna be dark. Uh, it's gonna be much darker. And as far as like the comparisons, I haven't seen much Battlestar Galactica, but I will say that Westworld is like leagues darker than the original, in my opinion. Is it good? Uh, the first season's really good. Huh. I watched the pilot and I was very unimpressed. Yeah, first season's pretty good. Uh, second season's okay, and then third season, ugh. yeah, it's not worth watching. Third season. Are they going to do more after the third season, or is the third I season th it? I think they are, yeah. I think there's another season okay. coming out. But You um, think it's like recoverable, or has it made like that kind of Game of Thrones leap where they ran out of story and it's just turned to crap? Game of Thrones leap at this point. I don't know mm -hmm. what they're going to do. I don't know. Battlestar Galactica is interesting. Uh, certainly the reboot, which I've seen all of, is great. Um, not uniformly great, but still a great show. And I think I've made this comparison on air before, but... It's sort of similar to Babylon 5 in that the Battlestar Galactica reboot also had a lot of failed uh, spinoffs. Like, 
you know, a show that barely made it to, uh, that only made it to like halfway through a first season. And then like a couple of like pilots that weren't picked up and were just turned into TV movies, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of similarity between Babylon 5 and Battlestar in that sense. That said, like, I don't know, the original Babylon 5 is already pretty dark. And also, like, whereas the original Battlestar, and, you know, apologies to people who are fans of it, uh, is, at least in my experience, nigh unwatchable. And that I say this as someone who, like, you know, eats up, like, old Twilight Zone and old original series Star Trek with a spoon. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, original <laughs> Battlestar is, like, nigh unwatchable. Damn. And okay. so, like, there's a reason to reboot it in my mind, whereas even though you have to take certain things about the original Babylon 5 in context, like the special effects, the sort of meh first season, I still, I don't know, I, I think there's a lot more value to the original Babylon 5 than there is the original Battlestar. Are there any characters you think you would want left off of this reboot? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, to hell with Marcus and to hell with Veer. I really dislike both of them. I know Veer is not going anywhere, but I really hope either they don't do Marcus or they radically rethink Marcus, who you don't, you're not going to meet till season three, I think. Marcus. Okay. Can you give yeah. me like at least what his job is? Is he like a? Uh, do you know what a ranger is yet? Uh, yeah, I have, I've been introduced to, uh, he's a ranger. Okay. Yeah. I'm about, um, I'm, I'm about halfway through season two. So he's kind of like, you know, the annoying fighter pilot in season two. Yeah. So it, it kind of feels like JMS went with a younger, prettier dude to satisfy a different younger, prettier dude to satisfy the network. But unlike the fighter pilot, Kefler, I think his name is, yeah. JMS was actually invested in Marcus as a character where he wasn't invested in, in Kefler. I would say that Marcus is much, much worse of a character. So, he's so cringy. I hate him so much. And what's your what's your beef with Veer? I just find Veer really annoying. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but the, my my sort of like polemical uh, attacks aside, which I'm pretty sure will you know will not be followed because I think JMS has a lot of affection for both of those characters. Um, I honestly wouldn't mind if they went with the original versions of Doctor Franklin and uh, Commander Ivanova uh, instead of instead of the ones we got in season one. Like if they went with Doctor Kyle from the original movie and uh, Commander Takashima from the original movie. I think in some ways that could be like really kind of interesting and, and fun. Um, I know, I know, especially leaving Ivanova out would kind of be a pain for people because she is a, you know, justly a well-beloved character, but I don't know. It just, it right. just might be interesting to see uh, Takashima and Kyle instead of uh, Franklin and Ivanova. Yeah. They totally need to rethink Dr. Franklin's character. We read somewhere that Dr. Kyle was supposed to be more of like a mentor to Sinclair or Sheridan or whoever the, the commander mm -hmm. was at this point. So mm -hmm. I think that role would probably suit the doctor on the, on the, on the station better than what Dr. Franklin is, who just seems kind of, I've watched a couple of episodes ahead of what, you know, we're doing in the podcast and there's some, there, the Dr. Franklin episodes just keep getting worse. Like, I don't <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I think they do eventually figure out who Franklin is. And I, I, I think I've said this on the show before. I have a, I actually like Franklin. I like the actor. Um, I think some of the stories are somewhat interesting, but I do think of the of the big four characters of the show, the, at least the big four human characters of him, Ivanova, Garibaldi, and Sheridan. 
Franklin is definitely the one who's worst served by the show, even though I think he eventually he does hit a hit a, a, a somewhat pretty good groove. Yeah, they totally need to keep Ivanova for sure, and maybe maybe put Takashima on. It's like a, in a, but in a different position, some other thing they make up. Yeah, it might be it might be interesting to have like some sort of like dual exo system where like Ivanova and Takashima are like are at each other's throats or something. Yeah, maybe one does like day shift, night shift. I don't know something you know yeah. just to keep it so you can have both characters because I really do think they missed out not including. I mean. Not including Takashima, who was originally going to be like a spy or on Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. That would have been a cool plot line to have. Yeah. The other thing I would want is I really hope they do um, pretty much all of the teeps very differently. Um, except for Bester and Kelsey from the original Psychor. Uh, I mean, obviously the teeps are a great part of the, or the telepaths are a great part of the, the mythos of Babylon 5. And you need them. But like... As much as I like um, Lyda in the pilot, and or Lyda Alexander in the pilot, and Talia Talia Winters is has definitely has her point, good points from um, the show. Like I still think there are just things about them that don't work very well. So I really hope that some rethinking and how to better realize the telepaths goes through. Any other big changes you think you'd say you want to see? Uh, I mean, this will probably sound like heresy to people who are you know, big old school Babylon five fans, but much less Tolkien influence. I really dislike Tolkien. I think, I think the influence that Tolkien had on the original Babylon five was much to the worse of the show, much to its detriment and attached to that. Like, I really hope they either do no Rangers or a lot less of the Rangers in the later seasons, or they just re reimagine them such that they don't annoy me so much. Yeah, uh, do you think since the movies have come out since the original, do you think that'll have, like, a, there'll be less influence just because of that? Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because the other, the other thing you could point to is that I think Amazon is supposed to have Lord of the Rings projects pretty soon. Right. And so you could imagine some cynical CW exec partly wants uh b5 to compete with that so it's kind of hard to say but yeah i i could although i don't know i mean i feel like tolkien was already so ubiquitous before the movies that that it that didn't affect jms's decision so i don't know that the movies which seem to have a certain sort of lesser role in popular memory at this point 20 years later may not affect him either yeah one of the big changes i want to see for season one is i want them to do like the delin gender swap thing they originally wanted to go with oh hell yeah that'd be great I, yeah i want to see delin start off as a male and then go into the uh, cocoon come out as a female make that a whole piece and i think that would also fit in with like today's you know political climate and issues yeah well, and just to, just to even make that like a regular thing not like a, a reg a, you know or Regular is maybe too strong, but like an understood and accepted part of Minbari culture would be kind of interesting where like with any, with any Minbari, you might have like, you know, from season two to season three, like it's the same character, but they, you know, they do a, uh, they do a metamorphosis and they come out um, a different gender. I think that would be really fascinating. Oh, that'd be great. And then I, yeah. I, I, I know they're going to do this anyway, but they definitely need to diversify the human cast. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Although, I mean, the original Babylon Five was pretty good about that, but yeah, there's always room for improvement, and they, yeah. they certainly, they certainly can. Improve. But I do not want them to change like the look of the actual like uh, 
the races. I want the Mimbari to still look like the Mimbari and the uh, Norn to look like Norn. And I want Lon I want the uh, <clears throat> who have I left out? I want the Centauri to have the hair. Like I want the same looks. Like I don't want them to change all that up. I think that needs to stay the same. Yeah, I I love Delin, but I've got a lot of you know. I think there's a lot of room for improvement with her. But with uh, Kosh and Londo and uh, with Jakar, I think those characters are pretty much perfect. And I, I honestly, the, the people I pity the most in this are whoever is having to p revive Londo and Jakar. Because, I mean, those characters are just so iconic in the original form. I, I don't envy whatever poor, like, pretty boy Australian or Canadian that's going to have to try and, like, inhabit those characters on their own. That's a, that's a hard task. Yeah, but I, I, I fully support your idea. I, I really want them to try to rile up the Chud fan base, which I've uh, I've seen a lot of in the past couple of weeks. And so, you know, if they want to gender or race swap characters, I think that's fine. I think that's great. They should do it. I, I really want to see the Chuds bray. Yeah. Another thing they could do too is if they made if they made Sheridan black, I think that making a, a that'd be great a comparison to uh, the DS Nine thing though, like. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah on the one hand it might be like you like using diversity to troll to that level of like yeah. where you're trolling ds9 that might be a little little a little unseemly but yeah it would it would still be really funny and really appropriate given how much uh how much ds9 lifted from b5 right to sort of turn that back on ds9 would yeah, be pretty funny i think that'd be awesome so I've got a kind of bleak question to uh, to end on. I think unless there's other stuff you wanna, no, we're you wanna. Good. All right. So is JMS up to this? I, I don't know. I wasn't aware that he wrote so many of the really crappy like stories and DC comics that we yeah, have come to like, hate. To give to give the listeners some context, like so he's had a largely successful television career. Like you know, Babylon Five is iconic. Um, I liked Crusade, although it was a failure. Um, I liked the first half of Sense8 on Netflix, although I haven't seen the rest. And, you know, I even hear good things about he did a comics run on Thor that a couple of my friends really seem to appreciate. But even though he's had a successful tenure as a comics writer, like in terms of sales, he's consistently written some of the worst comic books in history. Like his Spider-Man run, his Superman runs, his run on Brave and the Bold, and his Wonder Woman runs are just all unspeakably bad. And all were produced in the interim between the original Babylon 5 and the current, um, the current reboot. So I don't know. Like I said, the man's done good work since doing those bad comics. Like Sense8 is, like I said, pretty solid, I, I feel. But one one does wonder, like how how does the man who produced such a good mythos in Babylon Five produce so many metric tons of crap when he writes for Marvel and DC? Yeah, and like the the Superman comic kills me. The one where like he has Superman walking across the United States. Yeah. That didn't have a conclusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so bad. I mean, it's... grounded is the name of the run. If people aren't familiar with it. Mm. I feel like if he's going to do it, he needs to make sure he has it all planned out. And just like he did in the original, he's going to have other writers fill in, you know, for Although, the episodes. Kind of famously, we're not there yet, but kind of famously, I think he wrote virtually every episode in season three and four. Oh, okay. Like, he, he farmed out a fair amount in season one, 
but by starting in season two and then especially in season three and four like jms was basically writing almost everything which honestly is kind of i think pretty unprecedented in television history for a single writer to do like a network season of a show much less nearly two or and honestly nearly three like that's and you know even though he had i know he had more staff writers for one and five like he still did the bulk of the scripts for those two so it's a kind of an incredible feat in that sense so do you think writing for tv is like way different than it was probably in the early 90s i think on average yes but i think when you're like a showrunner and an ep although you probably have to deal with the producers and the networks in a different way you can probably you know shape the writer's room or the writing process to feature to fit your own taste and your own inclinations to a large degree would be my guess but yeah i don't i, I think he has said that he he feels like you know the original Babylon 5 nearly killed him i think he i think he's basically said that like it, it turned him prematurely gray it wasn't great for his health <laughs> and so i think he Damn. might understand that maybe and again, I, I, I'm not I'm not disrespecting him for this because I think it was a, an amazing achievement in TV history. And, you know, I we, you'll see what you think, but I, I don't think one can really argue with the results. But that said, I, I don't get the impression that the older JMS and presumably the one hopes the wiser JMS is going to be, you know, so single auteur focused on this reboot as opposed to the original. Yeah, I, I, I just hope he makes it through it. <laughs> yeah, you can do yeah, it, JMS. No. <laughs> you can do it our our best our best wishes uh for the reboot again despite my kind of crankiness you know i'm, I'm sure it'll be fine and I'm, I'm looking forward to enjoying it yeah i think it's going to be interesting I'm, I'm excited to be able to compare it to what i'm watching now hopefully we'll be done with this project before it airs and uh it sounds like they're aiming for next fall i mean i don't okay, we'll certainly be we'll certainly be pretty well along with our project by then, but I don't, I don't know that we'll be finished. <laughs> yeah. But we'll definitely, regardless, we'll definitely be watching it and covering it. So look forward to that. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. All right. Well, this has been the galaxy's greatest podcast about the two great 90 space station shows, hopefully soon to be the three great 90 or three great uh, space station shows, not 90 space station shows. So anyway, this has been uh, Bob from Cascadia. I've had Matt from the Southland on the, on the line. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.